Public speaking ranks near the top of life's most stressful situations. So my very special guest today is nationally known presentation coach and master presenter, Matt Moran. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Matt, the only things that psychologists rank more stressful than public speaking are going through a divorce and going to prison. So what can you tell us to make us uh, more at ease about presenting? Well, you're not wrong. Absolutely. In fact, I learned very early that folks would often rather be in a casket than giving a eulogy at a funeral. <laughs> so when I first started in this industry about 17 years ago, I'd heard that that, was a, that fear was a quite widespread, but I didn't quite grasp the enormity of it until I started coaching in this arena and realized how much it brings up in people in terms of trauma, past trauma, and physical sort of manifestations of fear and anxiety and all those things that pop up. I've had folks cry in the middle of you know, a, a course. So yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not exaggerating when you say that. You know, here's an interesting little tidbit. Uh, are you familiar with the Myers-Briggs uh, personality test? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, according to the stats of the Myers-Briggs test, and of course this is only the people who take the test, so it might be not entirely representative of the population, but the vast majority of us are introverts. And I speculate that we are taught as children to you know, sit quietly at our desks with our hands folded and listen and not talk. And I think mm-hmm. this frightens us from raising our hand and speaking up Uh, when it comes time to make a presentation or do public speaking. And it's really not something that's taught in school, at least not that I'm aware of, is it? You know, in some schools it is. I actually, in high school, took a public speaking course that I absolutely loved. And Mm -hmm. it was truly one of my best memories from high school as far as the curriculum goes. But I know that it's not taught in a lot of schools. And most primarily, I think, before high school. So, and again, it's something that, everyone has to use at some point or another, right? So it's sort of a question of why isn't that taught in schools? It seems like something that would be really, really important and worthwhile, but, you know. Well, of course, and you can take uh, elective courses like drama, and there may be public speaking courses. Sure. But before we go too far, why don't we uh, kind of give a thumbnail of who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I've, my name is Matt Moran. Like you said, I've been working in this industry for about 17, close to 18 years now. I actually grew up in the entertainment industry. My dad was a recording artist and I started singing for radio and television when I was eight years old. So I kind of got the benefit of being in front of audiences at a really, really young age Mm. and felt really comfortable there right out of the gate. And, you know, the earlier you are accustomed to something or are exposed to it, the, I think the better off. So by the time I was in my 20s, I had gone to school for communications, and I thought, why not combine my love of being on stage with my love of just the communicative process and begin working in this industry? So for the last 17, 18 years, I've been working with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Several of my clients are you know, well-known, Morgan Stanley, BP Oil, HCA Healthcare, I will say I'm often asked what, why I stay in this field, and I will tell you it sounds a little corny, but at the end of the day, I have found personally, and I've witnessed this in other people, that with better communication, not just up in front of an audience, but in every facet 
and environment in which we find ourselves, with better communication comes better just everything. Give us a few highlights of what you would advise someone before they're going on a job interview. Well, I'll tell you, the first thing that comes to mind, Ken, is we are in a generation now where the workforce is a lot of millennials and Gen Z folks. And one of the things I love about that group of folks, I don't happen to be in that, I'm at the very end of Gen X, but what I love about them is they really don't have a lot of time or attention for BS. They don't succumb to, nor are they intrigued by sort of the classic salesman or the classic extemporaneous speaker who speaks in a way that sort of is speaking at them rather than with them. Mm -hmm. They want to feel connected to, and they want authenticity, generally speaking. And so one of the first things I speak with groups about when I go into coach or individuals is finding, and I don't want to sound like a self-help guru because I'm certainly not that, but finding your true center self North star Finding what that is, first of all, and then learning how to communicate that by way of authenticity and vulnerability. Mm. My mom used to say, you know, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. And, you know, I've heard it said many times over the years, people very infrequently remember what you tell them, but they always remember the way you make them feel. Uh-huh. Right. And so I think that is probably the foundation on which I now coach. It was very different even 15 years ago where it was sort of teaching people how to look the parts, stand the right way. And while those are still important, they're not the crux of my coaching anymore. The second thing um, I often go to with folks is know who who your audience is, first of all. And I Mm. think it's one of the things – that in my experience in coaching, people rarely think about. They think, they start with, what do I want to communicate? What do I want to say? But different audience types require different approaches, Mm -hmm. first of all. And then I would probably tag on to that is, what is your audience wanting from this talk? What are they, if they're going to spend 5, 10, 20 minutes, an hour listening to you, what are they wanting to walk away with that's going to make them go, Wow, that was that was worth my time. That was one of the best uses of my time in a long time. Mm. Well, speaking of uses of time, uh, there have been a lot of stories in the news recently about wasted time in company meetings. How do you make, if you're the presenter or the key speaker at a meeting, how do you make the most of the 45 minutes and maybe even reduce that to half that time? Oh, I can't tell you the meeting, the the (laughs) comments about meetings that I've heard. I'm sort of like chuckling on the inside because, I mean, I can only venture to guess how much money in the billions is wasted on (laughs) unproductive meetings, Mm -hmm. right? One of the things, if you're you're holding meetings at your organization, one of the first things you want to do, number one, know your audience, again, and number two, know what you want them to walk out of the room with, and and hopefully – What you want them to walk out of the room with is in line with what they want to walk out of the room with. It's helpful for them in some way. I always ask people when they start to construct a presentation or construct a meeting of some sort, I always ask them, what is your audience's hope, current challenge, dream? What are they wanting in life right now? And that could be as simple as what are they wanting from their current role or responsibility? And you can then craft a presentation or even a meeting around that hope and create an opportunity for them to feel engaged in the meeting. But if they're not engaged, 
I mean, you can be the best speaker in the world, but if the topic isn't presented to them in a way that engages their brain, you're, you're dead in the water right out of the gate. Let's talk about visual aids for a moment. Uh, So many people seem to use PowerPoint more as a teleprompter than visual aids. They'll write out their entire script, and then the audience is, you know, way ahead of them because they can read faster than you can talk. (laughs) And and I often think they should really put the, the PowerPoint at the back of the room so they could just read it and forget everything else yeah. with it. What, how's, what's the best use of PowerPoint? You, knew, do you, use you it? knew exactly what hot buttons to push today, didn't you? You've done your <laughs> research, Ken. I, I've I mean, just been are, in business forever, and I know all the problems. I know that the reason people lean on PowerPoint is because everyone's so cramped for time, you know? And so it's a way to create a crutch that allows you to go into the meeting not actually fully prepared. I think and there's also an element of um, that people, again, are frightened of speaking because they don't like people staring at them. And they think if they have something else for them to look at, even if it's text, they're not being watched, <laughs> as it were. So one of the things that I, I know happens, and this circles back to something you said earlier, Ken, which was that we're taught as children to sort of stay quiet with our arms folded and so on and so forth. You know, when we feel unsafe in an environment, if you think about when you go into a party and you know no one, right? Mm-hmm. You don't tend to be sort of large in your movements and gestures and vocal uh, vocal stylings, for lack of a better word. We tend to get small, mm-hmm. right? And when we're comfortable in an environment, say we walk into a party and it's all our people, we know them well, our gestures get big. We throw our arms around people and we're exasperated in the way we behave in both vocally and physically. And that goes for when we get up to present. When we feel unsafe, we tend to get smaller. But unfortunately, getting smaller communicates a lack of confidence, a lack of competence, and a lack of credibility. Mm, So one of the things we actually have to work with on folks is teaching them to sort of turn that idea on its head that when you feel the most unsafe in front of an audience, that's when you actually have to work counterintuitively to become larger vocally, verbally, and physically. And it it definitely feels counterintuitive, but one of the great things that happens is the minute you open a presentation in that way, within 15 to 20 seconds, you can feel your confidence sort of rising inside of you. Because you're telling your body essentially, I'm good, I'm comfortable, right? And your audience feels it, and they feed that energy back to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people are used to being entertained. They're used to sitting in a theater. They're used to sitting in their living room watching television. And if you can just kind of break through the oh, the ice, I guess, would be the way to describe it, and get going, uh, the audience will be with you in most cases, unless it's a hostile audience, which is not usually they what will. people are presenting you know, with you. That's something that I wanted to speak to earlier is, you know, something to remember when you get up to present is your audience nine times out of ten is rooting for you. They are not looking for you to fail, right? And so it's a good thing to keep in mind because we tend to get up feeling like we're being judged mm. and we're and people are hoping that we don't do well. And they're they're rooting for us. They they want to be entertained. They want this meeting to be worth their time. They want it to feel appropriate and effective. And we want the same thing. So if we can sort of get on the same playing field as our audience mentally. It helps us a lot when it comes to our confidence level. And how do you do that? Do you pick out 
someone in the audience to just kind of address them? Do you picture the audience with no clothes on, as is often recommended <laughs> in uh, public speaking schools? What's the trick to that? Well, what one works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. Mm-hmm. So what I often do, I send out these little tips and tricks videos. They're about two to three minutes long, and they're exactly what you would expect, little tips and tricks for conquering nerves when you're presenting. And there are several. I'll give you just a couple. One of them is, and without going into too much detail, one of them is to keep in mind that when we get ex- when we get nervous to get up, your brain doesn't really know the difference between nervousness and excitement. The same sort of stuff is happening cardiovascularly and within your nervous system, right? Your blood starts to pump harder, right? Which is why we get a dry mouth and we are we start to shake. Our body is preparing to be in a place of stress. And so one of the things we have to do when we get up to present is find a way to expel that stress from our bodies physically. This is a trick that I learned several years ago, and I've given it to several clients, and some people say it didn't work for me at all. Other people are say it saved, other people say it saved their life. Hmm. So I tell people to grab a like a sharp, like a dry erase marker and to hold it in your hand, sort of grip it. Uh, like all, all fingers around it and put your thumb on the bottom of it, not the top because you can end up snapping the cover off, the cap off, but push, push on the bottom of it with your thumb and dig your thumb into it. And what that does is it actually tells your nervous system that you're releasing some of that energy. It sounds crazy, but you wouldn't believe how many clients of mine say that helps me get rid of the stress hmm. in the first minute of speaking. Another one is to curl your toes really, really tight. It's just a way of expelling that energy. Otherwise, that energy is going to come out a different way. And how it usually comes out is our voices shake or our knees shake or we get a dry mouth, et cetera, et cetera. So if you can be the one to take control of where that nervous energy is coming out your body, it then doesn't have to reroute and come out sideways in some way that is going to make you look and sound nervous. Those are kind of two examples. Another one, and this is just sort of a kind of a Tony Robbins approach, and I I experimented with this over time, and it really has helped me. There are still times when I have to get up and speak or perform in front of audiences where I feel my nervous system start to get a little out of whack, and I get nervous because I really want to impress these folks, and I really want to, you know, walk away having them say that was powerful. What I have found has been really effective for me and for a lot of my clients is when you feel nervous, we have a tendency to keep telling ourselves that before a presentation. Oh, I'm so scared. You know, someone says to you, how do you feel about getting up to present? And you're like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm not sure I'm ready. We keep reinforcing that mental message to ourselves, which then translates when we actually get up to present. Mm. So what I've started doing is when I feel that nervous energy, I say to myself, literally whispering out loud, I've got this. I am ready for this. I am excited to conquer this fear. My guest is nationally known presentation coach and master presenter, Matt Moran. We'll return to our conversation in a moment. This is the Public Record Podcast. Multimedia dominates business communications today. 83% of consumers prefer multimedia information over printed text, YouTube demos and product reviews, tutorials, documentaries, explainers, and new business presentations. 
TV and radio commercials, infomercials, live event announcements, kiosk and exhibit narrations, telephone voice prompts, and so much more. But don't choose just any voice to represent your brand. Ken Allen Voices offers a team of veteran male and female broadcast talent who can deliver that professional network television sound that makes your message stand out from the clutter. Ken Allen Voices can also turn your messaging ideas into a finished script, optimized for spoken performance. Ken Allen Voices' state-of-the-art recording studio can also clean up many noisy video dialogue tracks with specialized software that works like Photoshop for audio. Visit KenAllenVoices.com. Hey, Coachella Valley, we're in a drought. We all need to reduce water use by 15%. That's about 12 gallons per person per day. Together, we can do this. And it's easier than you think. Water your yard during non-daylight hours. More water will reach the roots, and less water will evaporate. Help save our most precious resource. For more ways to save, visit cvwatercounts.com. Every drop counts. Meet Mariah. When she was two, she suffered life-threatening facial injuries. Thanks to generous Lifestream blood donors, Mariah received the blood she needed that helped save her life. Every day, people of all ages are in life-threatening situations, and blood is needed every day. We need your help. Please donate. We can't save lives without you. Call 800-TRY-GIVING or visit lstream.org. We're back with Matt Moran, nationally known presentation coach and master presenter. What about rehearsing? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think rehearsing is critical and one of the mistakes I will say that most people make when rehearsing is they do it in their heads. They think it through. They'll be laying in bed at night and they'll think through what they're going to say in their presentation the next day. Unfortunately, that doesn't actually prove nearly as effective as if we say what we're going to say out loud. Our brain literally needs to take in the audible sound through our ears for it then to start to feel familiar to us. So that when we get up to speak, if we've said this thing and our brain has heard us say out loud these words before, it feels old hat, it feels familiar. Mm. If we just go through it in our heads, the effectiveness of that is not nearly as, as great. Well, let's sort of wrap up with what you do and how you can help people out. Most of us have learned both good and, and not so great habits around communicating and around speaking over our lifetime. So to think that I could go in or have a coach, you could have a coach come in and in eight hours, first of all, undo all of those bad habits and then replace them with good habits and say, good luck and have you go out and be an amazing speaker is it's it's really just naive the real gold happens over the long term and so i what i did was i created a, a, a interactive video course that combines video learning with interactive virtual learning and what i'll often do is i'll combine that with a live kickoff with groups so i'll fly into a city and do a live kickoff and then we'll do 12 weeks together virtually mm-hmm. where they'll watch videos and and uh and then we do virtual coaching as well it's it's great and i you know, it's transformative, which is what I want. I don't want people to just check a box on training. I want them to walk out going, that was the most beneficial use of our training dollars and of our time that we've ever, ever spent. That's my goal every time. And you do some keynote speaking as well. 
I do. I do keynote on various things, most of them communication related. I'm doing a lot of work in, in the psychological safety space right now, uh, building uh, building psychological safety in teams because it's something that is creating a lot of friction right now within the corporate sector. Mm -hmm. And so I speak a lot on that as well as uh, communication in general and communication habits, a lot of conflict resolution type talks. Yeah, I, I love what I do. So it, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty easy fit for me. Well, you have a rather full menu of options. So uh, where do they find your website? My website is matt, M-A-T-T, at matt-moran.com. That's matt, M-A-T-T dot M-O-R-A-N dot com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Matt Moran Presentations Coaching and Development. So and don't, don't forget yeah, that hyphen because there are a number of Matt Morans online and you can easily get confused. <laughs> there are. There's a lot. Yeah. There are a lot. So, yeah. Well, I wish we had more time, but uh, they can certainly look you up and uh, check out the many things you do. And I'm sure they're very grateful for the tips you provided today, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Ken. Anything you want to add as we wrap up here? Well, I just appreciate it. This is great. I love getting the opportunity to share with folks. And if anybody ever wants to reach out and just get some advice, you know, free advice on a phone call, I'm happy to... Uh, Happy to help steer them in the right direction if they'd, uh, if they'd so choose. My guest is nationally known presentation coach and master presenter, Matt Moran. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll share it with your friends and subscribe with your favorite podcasting host. This is Ken Allen reminding you to make someone's day with something nice to say.